You yeah. want to go after a a keyword that's a little bit more niche. Mm. It's there may not might not be as many people looking for it, but it's hyper relevant and it's easy to rank for. And so you can be the the big fish in the little pond and own whatever traffic there is going to those keywords. Um, for most for most small businesses, that's the direction that you want to go. This is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that has built several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the CEO and founder of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And today we have another great guest on our expert episode, which is Josh or Josh or Joshua Tobler. And uh, Josh will talk a little bit about um, SEO with us and kind of how and for those of you that don't, SEO is basically how you make your website more searchable or more found on Google, how you get to that first page, how you get the rankings, and whether it's on Google. I guess Bing is still a thing, or DuckDuckGo, but really on Google. But Josh will talk a little bit more about that. And so with that, welcome on to the podcast, Josh. Thanks for having me. So before we dive into just uh, the exciting world of SEO, maybe give us just a couple minute background as to where you're at, where you came from, and why, you're, why you know all the things about SEO that you do. Sure, sure. Um, business has been on my mind uh, for a long time. I remember, I it must have been sixth grade or something. We were reading a book. I think it was called The Toothpaste Millionaire. I don't even know if we we read the whole thing, but it's about a a kid about about the age that I was at the time who figures out a way to to make a better toothpaste and he just did it for himself but it ends up turning into this business opportunity and i was just fascinated by this concept the idea mm. that i i could i could do a thing and make my own money and not always have to be constantly you know if i wanted the power ranger toy i could get the power ranger toy and and not necessarily be subject to my my parents purse strings that so this idea was just in the back of my mind like a mind virus my whole life so I went to uh, college at Utah Valley University and, and uh, it was kind of a no brainer to, to go into business. I didn't know specifically what subcategory of business to study. So I did what, what anybody does. And I majored in business management, which is mm. about as close to managing an undecided as, as you can possibly do. <laughs> um, but I, I did have sort of in the back of my mind, the idea that okay, I, I understand the different components of business, mm. but marketing specifically, if it, this, this is the one piece that I feel like I'm personally missing. If I, could, if I can figure out how to leave the cave and kill mm. something, drag it home, then if I can go out and get new business, the rest of it, I think I can figure out. Mm. And so I leaned really hard into, into marketing and it, that, that ended up, becoming an opportunity to, to work uh, in the SEO field. I, I, my first job out of college, I worked at a company who does uh, link building, which is one component of, of SEO. And so, and it, and it's a, a particularly challenging component. I, mm. I won't go into the, the nitty gritty of it, but it's, it's the, the most difficult piece of SEO, but that's where I, I cut my teeth. And then um, some some people inside the company decided that they they kind of wanted me working 
in the, the the full service product line. So it's it's the link building piece and then all of the other levers that you have to pull to be successful in a Google search. Mm. And so I, I learned how to do kind of the whole suite of things that you need to do. And then and, uh, the company shrank on that, that product line and I was laid off. Mm. And so I'm like, oh, great. So I, I go and it's back to the drawing board and I've got to go Got to go find a new job. Well, I get a phone call. Oh, I don't know. Long after I got laid off from one of my former clients, someone I was doing doing SEO work for and said, you know, they don't really have anybody over there doing that anymore, as far as I can tell. Mm. And I still need, I still need SEO. Do, do you want to be my SEO guy? Mm. Sure. I don't, I'm laid off. I will take the job. Absolutely. At least that's how I right. would do it. That's that that that's what it was, and so I filed an LLC and and uh, and and started up and and set up some relationships with with some uh, some vendors and and I I that was oh now so this is this is brand new. Hmm. So now no, I think that's a great introduction. Kind of gives us where you came from. So now let's let's dive into is given this is an expert episode, we'll dive into a bit on the SEO and kind of what things people should know. So my exposure to SEO is kind of one of those where you enough to be dangerous, but not enough to really do anything. And that's kind of about my extent. But if I understand SEO, which is stands for search engine optimization, it's basically how do you make your page rank on higher up on Google or how do you move it up so that you're the first page of Google or you're the number one ranking or how do you get organically or without having to pay for advertising? How do you get ranked higher on Google? Is that about right? Is that what SEO would be? That's exactly what SEO is. Yep. So now let's say, you know, taking somebody that's just new, they're a startup, they're a small business, and they go to whether it's, you know, their Squarespace or ClickFunnels or Shopify or WordPress, and they, you know, they build their, they build their page, they go in there and, you know, they have the little tutorial, they build their website, and they're excited about it, whether it's an awesome, great website, or it's a terrible website, you know, everybody thinks their website is awesome. Although I, you know, just as a complete aside, my pastime is I always think most 95% of legal websites sites are just horrible they may look pretty don't get me wrong but they're horrible on everything else um now that's my aside so i always like to go and just make fun of other legal websites because i dislike them but so now we do that so we take that individual they built their first website and they're saying hey i want to go i've got either a new product or i want to do e-commerce or i saw an ad on facebook and says if i go and start a shopify or store i'm going to be a millionaire whatever the case is where do you even start with SEO or where's a place if, especially if you don't have the ability to hire someone as an SEO, you don't have an SEO expert or you don't have that budget right now, where should you start? Well, I mean, there, there's a couple of foundational principles that you need to understand um, mm. just strategically. And and so this person in question, this this hypothetical is already ahead of the competition. At least they know they need a website. Some, some business owners aren't even there. Mm. Um, Right. And that's what they always t- told you, right? Location, location, location. Mm. This is why search engine optimization is important because anymore, it's not about where your business, where you, where your building is located. Uh, that might help too, mm. but it's about, can you get your brand in front of people where they are? And that is going to need to incorporate search engine optimization. If you're not in Google, you don't exist. Mm. 
right? Or at least you don't exist online, right? You still probably are a good human being that exists. But as far as everybody online is concerned, you don't exist, right? As, as far as, as getting in front of the people who uh, you want to buy from you, yeah, for all functional purposes, you don't exist. Right. So now I'm going to go back to my original question, which I still say. So now they've realized, hey, I need to have a online presence. That's where the customers are finding, searching. They're looking for reviews or looking for whatever. I'll ask my same question. So where do you start? You have a basic website going, but you're saying, I don't know what to do beyond there. What would you say is a beginner place to start if you have to start somewhere? Well, so Google wants to serve up results. And, and like you say, Google's not the only game in town, but they're still by far the biggest. Um they want to serve up results that are relevant, that are authoritative, and that provide a good user experience. So mm. the, the very general answer is you have to be relevant, you have to be authoritative, and you have to provide a good, uh, good user experience on your website. Uh, what does that actually mean? Um, it means a lot of things. First thing it means is content. Um, Google wants to serve up content. Uh, what does content mean? It means you are giving people information that is going to help them solve problems. Mm. Um, if, if you're a business owner, you're an expert in something, right? Mm. If, if you expect someone to be able to, uh, if, if someone is willing to give you money for what you know, then you know something that's worth something. Um, or at so, least they think you know something that's worth or, Well, yeah. <laughs> it's and kind I of the old that, adage, it's better to look good than to be good. At least you got to look good. Yeah, it's it's true. and I But I think more business owners are actually good more mm. than they think they are. Um, so so that's, you, you can't rank without content. So, you, so you've got to start creating content or mm. or hiring someone to do it for you. Um, so... So I'm going to bring up number one step. You're saying if nothing else, start to create content. Is that kind of a good place if they have to start somewhere to start? It's a, it's a necessary but insufficient condition to rank in Google. Okay. So I'll, I'll take that as a yes. A number one thing is we need to get, not the only thing we need, but we do need content. So let's say I start writing the world's best blog posts or I have a podcast or something that creates content. And I, I assume that at least for SEO, you're probably better to do a blog post because it has actual words that Google can search. Podcast is going to be harder because it doesn't sit there and see what we talk about on that. So let's say I write the world's best blog post, or I do a lot of content of how to's or lists or other things on my website. So check, I've got my content. Then, then you're going to say that it's insufficient. So what's the other next thing I should do? Well, and, and, and I think we've actually gotten ahead of ourselves already because before you even start the content, you need to know what keywords you're trying to optimize for, right? What mm -hmm. are people looking for that is relevant to you? And that's keyword research. And that is a pain in the butt. Uh, <laughs> but, but you can go to, you know, if, if you have no budget at all, you can go to Google Keywords Planner. It's, it's, it, it's, it'll get the job done. Um, mm -hmm. I, I use a little bit more professional tools that make it a little bit easier, but a lot of elbow grease because you want to find like every conceivable variation of every product and service that you offer mm. um, and every question that people have about it. And that will, that will guide your content strategy and everything else you do through the course of an SEO campaign. Uh, so, if, if you now, don't let me ask, 
let me ask you a know. question on let me ask you a question on that so because my exposure again i started out saying i know enough to be dangerous but not enough to be an expert is you know let's say you have the keyword so let's take my law firm as an example just as because that's an easy one for me to talk about is you know i want to be the patent and trademark for startups right and so i go and i do my keyword research and i look up startups i look up small businesses i look up patents and i look up trademarks you know just as a few examples now, when I write my articles or I write my content, should it be should I be gearing or writing the content ba- so that it's based on those keywords? Because where I you know and where I get into is what you tr- what sometimes it seems like when you read some content is it becomes unnatural, right? Now you're trying to w- write to get the words in there as opposed to write so normal people can read it and understand it. So how do you make that balance? So I know which keywords I want. You know, I've gone through done the hard work as you identified, but now how do I write it so that it a machine likes it, Google likes it, but normal people can also read it. Well, and, and this this is a great question, and this is a question that not enough people in the SEO world are asking, right? Mm. Because because too many people are writing for the machine. And here's mm. the problem: the machine is changing. Mm. I mean, Google is—I can't remember Google's market cap off the top of my head, but it's an enormous freaking company. They've got some money, and they have the best technical talent in the world, constantly trying to to better measure and evaluate how well you, your website works mm. for people. So it's, 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 it's not there yet, right? The, the machine is not a human equivalent artificial intelligence, but it's getting that direction all the time. So rather than take a snapshot of how the Google algorithm works right now and then optimize for that, mm. again, Google wants to serve up relevant authoritative content that that provides a good user experience so right for the humans all right so short answer is right for get your topics from key if i and, and i'm not trying to put words in your mouth so certainly where i'm if i'm saying it wrong but if i were to understand it write or get your keyword topics or figure out what the keywords are that do you do want to rank on but then write articles based on that that is for humans or that's understandable for your audience don't just write it for google is that a fair summary a hundred percent. Yeah. Let the keywords be your guide, but, but don't, don't optimize for machines and machines mm-hmm. aren't the ones who you want to discover your content and then, and then, and then buy your product. Okay. No, makes perfect sense. So now let's say, okay, I've got, so we walking through first thing we said, I got my website. Now I need to start getting content and content can mean, if I understand it can mean a few things. Content may be what you put on your landing page. It doesn't always have to be a long blog article, but it may be, Hey, your landing page or your main website page, you want to have good content there. Then you can so, always so that, build on top blogs, right? That's correct. And, and, and let's go into a little bit more, more detail on that. What hmm. you want to think about is you want to think about content clusters. So hmm. maybe, so, so let's say you're an IP lawyer and hmm. so one of your, your, your product groups, your, your profit centers is going to be trademarks. Okay. So maybe you've got a trademark landing page Uh, and yes, content on that page, very, very important. And you want that keyword optimized and you want that to provide a good user experience. You're also presumably writing blog content uh, on the same topic. You want to make sure that that blog content is internally link from your blog post that money page that you ultimately want to direct traffic towards um Mm. and 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 so and you're going to do so you've got a a a trademark content cluster maybe you've got a copyright content cluster right Mm. and 
structuring your site tell Google a couple of things. It's going to say, hey, this, this page is really, really important for, uh, for, for, for these keywords, right? Of all the pages on my website, here's, here's the trademark keyword page. Mm. And the other thing it's going to say is, um, well, it, 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 and, and then all of that, that link equity that's being generated from the blog post is going to filter down into that page. So that's sort of a strategic way to think about what, how, how to structure your content. Okay. So, and I'm breaking it down onto my level and maybe that's always a dangerous thing. So I, it sounds like, Hey, we, let's say we take the, the main landing page and we say, here's kind of our content, our content clusters, as you talk, talked about. And that would be, you know, going back to the law for an example, but it'd be applicable everywhere is, Hey, I may want to have a portion on my landing page. that talks about trademarks. I may want to have a talk about, our patents. I may want to talk about why startups need it. And then from there, I link it almost to additional or a blog page or an additional page within the website that then starts to embellish or talk more about that, that drills down into that and gets it deeper. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And in, in your case, I am well, and, and maybe let's use a different example to, to, to make, hmm. make principle crystallize a little bit. Let's say you're an, uh, you own an HVAC company, maybe it's HVAC and plumbing. Hmm. Um, so you you want one dedicated page on your site for HVAC. In fact, maybe you want one just for air conditioning and another one just for heating and another one just for plumbing. Or maybe it's even just for kitchen plumbing, it, right? Uh, th- these decisions you'll understand better once you've done your keyword research and, and how, how to divvy these up. But the, the point is you want one page that you are trying to promote for a cluster of closely related keywords. Okay. Now, now I'm going to ask an additional kind of follow-up question or maybe slightly pivoting, but now you take that because I know, again, that there's long tail and there's short tail, right? You can have very short, and I, if I understand it, short tail is basically short words. Maybe it's patent attorney and a long tail would be more like, what is a patent or a trademark? And so it's kind of how people search if it's a, a, a small snippet or a couple words versus a longer almost question or sentence or something that has more description to it. And, get, you know, is it better to go for the short words? And, you, you know, when you're writing all your content or might do you want to make it heavy on, hey, patent attorney type of a thing? Or do I want to drill down or do I want to do both? Or how do you start to balance shorter descriptions or shorter, you know, shorter topics versus longer ones? Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, that, that does make sense. And that is a, that is a great question. Um, I, 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 but I do want to challenge the premise just a little bit. Um, so, so you're right, there's long tail keywords and there's short ter- tail keywords, but don't think about those in terms of the length of the search term itself. Okay. It's a, a better way to conceptualize that is your short tail keywords have an enormous amount of search volume. There's a lot of people searching for exactly that phrase. But therefore, it's really, really difficult to get on the first page of Google. If you're not on the first page of Google, nobody goes to the second page. When was the last time you navigated to the second page of Google? It's all about getting the first page ranking. It's usually if, if, if I go to the second page, it's because I really it, because it, the first page is too many ads, right? It only has like three results. But most of the time, you're right. Most people always look at the first page. Yeah, almost always, you want to be in. You know, if, if you're not getting in the top ten. Uh, placements, then you're not really getting any traffic out of Google. Mm. Um, what was what was my point? Why did we get on? Long tail versus short tail. Um, so 
so if, if those first page results are just gargantuan sites that you're not going to be able to outrank in any reasonable amount of time or with a reasonable amount of investment, strategically, mm. that's not the, the keyword you want to go after. You mm. want to go after a, a keyword that's a little bit more niche. Mm. It's, there may not, might not be as many people looking for it, but it's hyper-relevant and it's easy to rank for. And so you can be the, the big fish in the little pond and own whatever traffic there is going to those keywords. Um, for, most, for most small businesses, that's the direction that you want to go. So it sounds like, you know, unless you're in, you're in, a, unless you're in a marketplace where not very many people, you know, are, are competitive, you know, if there's not a lot of people and you took HVAC, let's say you, and I'm sure it's not the case anymore, but you are the first company to go online to do HVAC. Then maybe you could go for the short tail because it's, or, you know, only a few, they could probably go for those shorter words because it's less competitive. On the other hand, if you wanted to go for smartphones and there's smartphone cases, smartphones, smartphone accessories, everybody's trying to sell smartphones, you know, accessories, you're going to have a much more competitive. Then it almost sounds like, Hey, maybe we niche down and we get several different long tail ones that not as many talk about. And I'm just making up, but let's say, Hey, I want to go into smartphone cases and I'm going to say, which cases or fits the best for the Samsung Galaxy S10 and as an example, and then you're, then you're niching down to not just, you know, all smartphones or all smartphone cases, but now let's talk about a specific one. And while you're not going to get as much volume on as if you could rank number one on smartphones, you're going to get when people are looking for that, you can get a better ranking. My mind, it always seems like you're kind of aggregating it together. Maybe you have 10 short or long tails that each individual isn't going to drive as much traffic as a short tail, but overall you're going to start building it and layering, get more traffic that way. Is that a good way to think about it? That's exactly right. And, and during the keyword research process, you'll have identified both, right? You mm -hmm. kind of need the, the short tail keywords in order to identify the long tail keywords. That's how you find them. Mm -hmm. And so it, it may be in the back of your mind. Ultimately, I want to own the entire smartphone industry in search. Um, mm -hmm. And so maybe that's your, your long-term goal. But in the meantime, you want to be getting some positive ROI on your, your SEO investment. So the, the quickest route there is to get those short, the, those long tail keywords first. No, I, that makes perfect sense. So now let's, you know, so we do that. So one, we, we identify your keywords, short tail, long tail. We start to write, write content and we, you know, let's say we have the world's best content perfectly organized for long tail short tail we start to rank what's another thing or what is another th or what are the other things that we should be considering well so far everything that we've talked about really only addresses that first question right mm. uh, re remember relevant authoritative positive user experience we've talked about relevant mm. um what about authoritative I, anyone who's old enough to remember Ask Jeeves, or then it became Ask.com, or Yahoo Search. Or, or I remember Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves was awesome. That was, Ask I don't was, have any no idea what happened to it, but it was awesome at the time. Well, Ask Jeeves was awesome until it wasn't. Uh, yeah. It became pretty obvious at a certain point that every if, if you search something in there, everything that was coming up was a bunch of junk that you didn't care about. And you were three, four, five, six pages deep to try and find what you were looking at. So we all moved to Yahoo. And then before long, Yahoo was the same thing. Google was the and the reason why Google earn, owns search today is because mm. the first search engine that came along that gave you what you wanted just about every time. I mean, mm. I, 
I was, I was young, but I remember it was a miracle. It changed the way I interacted with the internet forever and, and, and the way everybody else interacted with the internet forever. Mm. The difference was they figured out a way to measure authority that nobody else had. And hmm. so what they did is they downloaded the internet. That's really not an exaggeration. They made a massive index of every page that they could find on the entire internet. And they counted the number of, the, of, of hyperlinks that linked from one place to another. And those are backlinks. Um, and the, the, the pages that had the most backlinks rose to the top. Because basically those backlinks were considered third-party endorsements. It's like a vote for your content. And if I remember that, that used to be, and that's what I, if I, you know, just from my short study, backlinks used to be the way in every, but then everybody started to cheat the system, right? They started to make a whole bunch of websites that they would create that pointed to their website and everybody just would, you'd almost have the, uh, you know, the underground or the, you know, the black hat type of a thing where people are all just creating websites and it's just kind of trolls and they all link to stuff. They really don't mean anything other than you had a whole bunch of backlinks. And so then Google changed, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it was harder to gain backlinks, but people figured out ways to do it. And thus began the SEO arms race mm. of, of Google figuring out new ways to identify and punish manipulative links. Mm. Because really, they, they only want to count links that are truly third party validation of your content. Mm. Uh, and so if, if, it, if, if it doesn't meet their guidelines, they wanted to at least ignore the link, if not outright punish it. Mm. And, and that has been the, the SEO uh, Google arms race ever since. So if I were to do that and give you an example. So, you know, you go on places like Fiverr and other things that advertise, hey, we can do SEO for $10 or $100 or whatever. And they'll say, we'll get you a whole bunch of backlinks. Those are probably not good for you or they're harmful in the sense that they're just going to suboptimal sites or ones that are going to pull down your ranking. And so if I were to put words in your mouth, don't go for the sites that are going to be the crappy sites or people that promise a whole bunch of backlinks that are going to be terrible backlinks because they don't buy you anything on SEO. Is that right? That, that's right. Um, there's there's a lot of controversy over what Google considers a toxic backlink and what it doesn't, mm. and, and they're very opaque about the topic. But um, but but a good rule of thumb is the hard, the easier a link is to get, the less it counts. Luckily, Google Google is a lot less um, punitive mm. with with those tactics. They've kind of moved in the direction of all right, if, you, if, if there's something we see that we don't like, we're just going to ignore it. We're not necessarily going to punish you. But manual actions are still happening. So you do have to, have to be careful. Mm. Um, but an even better rule of thumb is to say, all right, like, like what is the kind of link that Google really does want to count? Well, it's, it's third-party validation. It's, link, it's, it's a link that actually speaks to the authority of your content, mm. which means it's going to be on an independently owned site, there can't be any signal that you own this other site that's also linking to you, right? That's that's not what they want. Mm. Um, or it, it it needs to be editorially placed, meaning there was it, it, it's not like on a write for us site where you just like published a, a blog or something. Like there needs to be a human being who has evaluated the content and said, "Yeah, this is good." Post. Mm. Um, oh. so and, and then it's, it's, oh go ahead relevant. 
so relevancy so now you're you know that you're saying that's second branch it sounds like hey you're going to want to have other authority real sites if i were to say hey the people that you know you can't you're, again we're going to the people that don't have somebody that manages for them or they don't have the budget to just simply turn it over to someone to do this but they're saying hey if i want to go to a if i want to get it you know let's say as an example i'm in the legal industry then i may want to go to other sites whether it's entrepreneur.com or startups or something that readers digest or something that has authority that actually is relevant to my audience get real people that are actually running the website that aren't just mine that i'm you know feeding back to it and ha- or start to see how i can get them to direct traffic or link to my site is that a fair summary yeah that's right and as far as actual techniques for generating these links hmm. it's incredibly difficult because by definition you don't you don't own the other places on the internet that you want linking into your website. Mm. Um, but, but there are techniques to, to do it and to do it legitimately. And, uh, and I, I utilize as many of them as I possibly can, uh, mm. what, you know, I'm doing SEO f- for a client. Um, and, and they, ha- they have varied levels of success, but, but ultimately the, the way to, to earn legitimate links yourself is going back to that content piece. If you, mm. If you have the best, most authoritative research on a topic, mm. well, people are going to, to link to that. Now, mm. that's really, really difficult if you're that, that local HVAC guy that, that serves three cities out in Wyoming. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, it's hard to be that guy, right? Dave Ramsey doesn't need SEO. He produces so much thinking content. People find him and link to him very naturally but it's very very now now, dave ramsey's awesome but let's say i take the example that you almost said the guy out in wyoming that has a great hvac he's putting out great content it seems to me and correct me where i'm wrong you know some of the tactics may be hey if i write great content then you start to go out to the because you also have the opposite side of a lot of websites that are big websites they stay relevant because they're actively posting new content so they are looking for content you know they're looking for new articles or things to share with their audiences and so maybe worthwhile if you are writing great hvac fat content as an example to start reaching out to those websites and you can do that through harrow which is help a reporter out or reach out to them directly or do something of that nature to where you can start to say hey i've got this great content you know would you share it or you know and or you can pay people if you know you can always do advertising or paid you know sponsoring content for them to put it on their website or promote it but start reaching out to those that are relevant in order to then get it to get them to start posting it and then linking back to your site as a source is that a fair summary uh, yeah, that that that's one good way to do it. Another way to do it is to find anytime your your company gets mentioned out mm. on the internet and they haven't linked to you, you can reach out to the webmaster say, hey, you know, you've got this information. You know, can you link? Mm. Another way that I really like that's sneaky but still very much on on the legitimate white hat side of the line is if if you know who your competitors are and you can pull their backlink profile and mm. you can see which of their pages are attracting the most links. You can look at their page and say, well, well, shoot, I've got better content than this, or maybe I don't, but I could make it. And you make a better version of that same content. And then you can reach out to those other sites who are linking into your competitor and say, hey, you're pointing to this, this page and maybe, maybe the page is broken. Maybe it's a broken link, or maybe it's just not, it's inferior content, but I've got this superior content. How about, how about handing me a link instead? Um, mm. I call that competitor sniping. I love doing that. <laughs> hey, any way you can get a legitimate uh, or leg up, I think is always worthwhile. 
So now let's take the last pillar and remind me. So you got one is the uh, first one was content or you or remind me how you phrased it. What were the, the first pillar? Well, uh, uh, relevance, authority and uh, uh, user experience. So we've got relevance. Check. Let's say I've got a whole bunch of great content authority. I've got a whole bunch of backlinks and everybody is citing to me as being authority and then user experience. You know, we're starting to run out of time on the podcast, but I don't want to leave people hanging. So maybe give us just a quick insight as to user experience. Uh, this is going to become increasingly important. Google is uh, has, has just announced that they're using some more user experience signals in their search engine uh, next summer. So this is something that's worth paying attention to. Mm. Um, uh, long story short, uh, your pages need to load fast. Um, they, especially mobile users, you know, have you ever loaded something on your phone and like the page jumps around and there's a pop-up that takes up the whole screen? Like, mm. don't, don't do any of that. Make sure, you know, your ads are streamlined. If you've got ads, like everything has to just load fast and give the user what they want without annoying them. Mm. So if I were to maybe take that and summarize it, one is make sure you have fast load times and that can be making sure your pictures aren't so huge that it takes 10 seconds to load and everybody's going to move on. You usually, I think you want to have, you know, pretty quick load times on pictures, make it so mm-hmm. that the, the flow of your website, you don't have pop-ups all over or, you know, makes it so unusable and really just make it so they get there, it loads quickly and it has a good flow to it and makes sense for people that are trying to get the information. Is that about right? Correct. And you, and you need to make sure that you've got uh, an SSL certificate. You're on HTTPS, not HTTP. Um, mm. You need to make sure that your, your website is mobile friendly. There's a lot of constituents that go into it, but you can, uh, you know, you can Google core web vitals and it'll give you a full list of things that, that are going to be tracked. And a lot of these things already are tracked, but, but long of the short is just make sure that when a human being lands on your site, they they get what they came to get with as few interruptions and annoying uh, 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 delays as possible. All right, no, makes perfect sense. So as we, you know, and again, this is a, I think it's an interesting topic, although I'm a bit of a, I just think it's fun to build websites, to try and rank, to do all those. So I, even though I do intellectual property, I just find that as a personal interest to be fun. Um, but, you know, as we're wrapping up, if people want to get more information, they want to hire you, they want to pick your brain, they want to be, you know, have you as a consultant, they want to find out more information, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to connect up to you, find out more, hire you, anything or, or any of that nature? Sure. Go to longtaildragon.com. It's all one word. And uh, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you a free website audit. I'll find anything that's broken under the hood that can be fixed. Uh, I'll audit your backlinks, uh, you know, make sure there's nothing toxic in there that you need to get rid of, but, but I'll, I'll, you know, free charge. I'll, I'll do all of that for free. No, I think, and I appreciate that offer. And I certainly invite people to take you up on it. Now, one question, I know that was, I said my, was my last question, but one more question, which is people, you know, if people are saying we have a bit of a budget, you know, what kind of budget should they expect? Should they expect, you know, $1,000 a month, $100 a month? Should they expect, you know, a whole bunch of or service? What kind of, you know, if they're trying to gauge as to what they should be anticipating or budgeting, if they are starting to want to hire someone else to do their SEO or strategy for them? Um, d- depends on how competitive your keywords are. Um, you know, if you're a local business, it, it takes less investment to rank locally than, than it does to rank globally for, you mm. know, if you want to own an entire topic somewhere, but 
Um, most agencies generally won't take accounts that are less than about two grand a month, um, mm. which obviously that's a big budget for a lot of, of small businesses. I've tried to structure my packages to the point that they're affordable to small and med- medium businesses because I like them better. Mm. I like small business. That's what I'm about. Hey, I, I'm right there with you. So, well, awesome. Well, I certainly in, invite everybody to go out to longtaildragon.com, check you out, see your services, use you, utilize you. Cause I think that SEO is certainly something that can be very impactful to your business. You know, sometimes it takes a few months or it takes a little bit longer as a longer investment versus just go pay for the Facebook ads or the Google ads. But the nice thing is it's not like Google ads that the day you turn off the ads, you go away and you all that money. It's an investment that continues to ha- reap dividends and is a much longer term um, return on it. So thank you for coming on the podcast, Josh. Now, if you are a listener and you have either an expertise that you want to share, or you just want to come on and share your journey, feel free to go to inventivejourneyguest.com. We'd love to have you on and hear your journey or hear your expertise. If you are a listener, make sure to click subscribe and as you're listening to this podcast, so you get notifications, all our new episodes come out. And last but not least, if you ever need help with patents and trademarks, feel free to reach out to us at Miller IP Law. We are always here to help. Thank you again, Josh. Appreciate you sharing some of your knowledge and uh, look forward to uh, seeing or how many people you can help rank highly on Google. Thanks, Devin. It's been a pleasure. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode of The Inventive Journey, make sure to go and check out Startups Magazine. They're an awesome uh, magazine and podcast centered over in the UK. And if the magazine is a digital and print magazine where they focus on um, tech startups and entrepreneurs, and they also have a focus on uh, female founders and women in tech. So if you want to check out their magazine, neither digital or print, it's uh, Startups Magazine, Startups with an S, magazine.co.uk. And you can also look up their podcast, which is called The Serial entrepreneur so go check them out they're awesome and definitely if you like this episode you'll like them